What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net. Or call toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. The Exxon Radio and TV Show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studio in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. We're going to be talking about miracles this hour. Talking about angels, demons, and why and how some people attract demons to, into their lives. My special guest this hour is Pastor Patrick Elizabeth Sims 
a native of Meriden, Meridian, I'm sorry, Mississippi. And um, geez, on July 31st, the pastor will be celebrating 34 years of marriage to her husband. She has three daughters, one son, five granddaughters, and three grandsons. And Pastor Sims is with Mana Ministries. And their website is www.manaministries.net. And Pastor, welcome to the X Zone. Thank you. I'm excited about being on your show today. Well, wow. we're well, we're very happy to have you with us, Pastor. It seems that these times are truly a times of angels, miracles, and a rebirth, a resurgence in people looking for God. Why is that? Yes. Well, with the, the the situations that are in our world, looking at the economy, um, the the earthquakes, the tsunamis, um, people are looking for some help. They're looking mm-hmm. for some answers. They're wondering. And I've had several. We've had several who've called us and asked, you know, are, are we living in the last days? What's really going on here? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is yes, we are living in the last days. And what we see happening around us now is only going to escalate and get worse than what we see. But is it really the end days, the end of the world, Pastor, or is this just the end of the old ways and the beginning and realization that there's much more to life than we understand and people around the world are going to join in spiritual relationships as never before? Well, I know that we... With what we believe, there's a scripture, well, several, actually, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking particularly of Matthew 25 that talks about the different things that would be going on in the world during the end times. And, of course, the end times that just did not just now begin, but we are definitely actually in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe the end times started uh, right after the crucifixion. Yes. Pastor, stand by. You and I have to take our break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exonation Nation Pastor Patrick Elizabeth Sims is our special guest. And she is with Mana Ministries in Lawton, Oklahoma. Their website, www.manaministries.net. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exon. We're going to be talking this hour to the pastor about miracles. We're going to be talking to her about divine interventions, demons, angels, and much more. Don't go away. We'll be back in two minutes. Sorry, I just want you to stay. 
Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Pastor Patrick Elizabeth Sims. And uh, the pastor is with Mana Ministries. Their website is www.manaministries.net. And pastor, I guess a lot of people ask these days, do miracles really happen? Uh, my answer to that is definitely yes, they do still happen. And I have been the recipient of several of them myself. I've been the eyewitness to many of them in my own family. My, my husband, uh, Bishop Kenneth Sims, in October of 2003, he coded at UAB in Birmingham, Alabama, and this was all after having three brain surgeries about a week prior to that. Um, he had an inoperable golf ball-sized tumor embedded in the occipital area of his brain, mm -hmm. and there's really, <coughs> excuse me, there's sure. really too many medical problems that he was experiencing for me to name them here, but he coded and was placed on the ventilator, and we had, at any, any given time, a team of 16 to 23 specialists. After a few hours, the chief of these specialists called me in and said, uh, your husband is too far gone, you need to pull the plug, because oh, when they're this far gone, they never return. Mm -hmm. But before this actually happened, my husband had warned me that it would, and that no matter what they say, that I needed to stand and not back down, don't, not to pull a plug, and that was a difficult thing to do, but I had to put my faith out there and to do just that, to stand on that. And I insisted that they put a feeding tube in, and when I was allowed to go and see him, it was no doubt that he was not there. I mean, he was a big man, bodybuilder, muscle-bound, and he had just been reduced to, like, 140 pounds. He looked purple. He was... Uh, eyes were walled, his, they were fixed, his mouth was just hanging open, and he really wasn't there, like they said. But I would go in every day, and I would pray over him, I would speak uh, God's Word over him, and I just talked to him like he could hear me and he could understand me, and I would sing songs that my daughter and I, my daughter wrote them, but we sing together as a group, and I would sing those songs over him, and they they felt kind of sorry for me because they thought um, that I was just really in denial, but I was standing, just standing in faith, believing, and to make a long story short, on the third day, he rose, mm -hmm. and when I walked into the room, into the ICU, he was in ICU, CCU, CICU, MCI, he had so many problems, and then even after he um, came back on that third day, um, the heart surgeon called me that afternoon and said he's got some problems with the heart, and oh, we're going to try to let him rest up a little bit because he's really not uh, able to bear this surgery, but we either do it or he dies. And I was just convinced that God did not bring him back for him to be out of here. And I was thinking about the words that he said, and uh, long story short, in the space of about six weeks, he had five <laughs> operations. He had one um, to the brain where um, they were trying to operate on a golf, that golf ball-sized tumor. And then he had to have a correction to that because the surgeon um, failed to tie off, um, uh, failed to cauterize some leaky vessels. So after having two blood transfusions, 
prior to the surgery to try to get him ready for this, they allowed him to bleed for three consecutive days profusely. He never should have lived through that. But, you know, a miracle is, uh, well, even Webster describes it as an extraordinary event manifesting as a supernatural work of God. And there is no other way for me to describe what happened with him and that he died twice and he's been near death so many times. He's reinvented himself three times. Um, and he's just, he's motivational for anybody who gets uh, around him. Uh, they, in fact, we're, he's called the Iron Man because he just keeps, keeps coming back. But his faith is, is so strong in God. And that's why he's still here. I mean, it's a miracle that he is still walking around because before the brain surgery, the doctor in Mississippi told me to anticipate that he would be a blind vegetable if he lived. But he, when they were bringing him out of surgery and taking him into recovery, he was just swinging those arms and legs and just fighting with everything that was within him. And I would tell, I told the medical doctors and nurses and professionals, my husband and I will walk out of here together. And that was even when he was considered dead by all intents and purposes. And uh, it was about three months later before we actually did walk out of there, but we did walk out. Tell me about angels. During your, your, your ordeal with your husband's many medical problems, to the fact that the doctors basically told you to pull the plug and, and you stood by your husband's wishes and based on your husband's wishes and, and your belief. Did any angels come to you? Did you see any angels? Did Was there any angelic help? I didn't actually witness seeing any at that point, mm-hmm. at that during that time that we were in the hospital. But there were nurses that would come in. We had so many people coming in to our room for prayer, and they would say there's something, there's a a strong presence, a soothing, calming presence in this room. And even as sick as what he was, they just wanted to be around him. So they would come in sometimes 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and nurses would sit on my little cot in bed, and I would pray with them, um, share with them, and and help them. And one night, my back was to the window where I was sitting on the cot, and the nurse was sitting, obviously, opposite of me, and I saw her look up and just in amazement, and it happened really fast, and she said she'd never seen anything like that before. She said, an angel just went behind you. And that was encouraging to me because she was not a a believer like I was, Mm -hmm. uh, but she saw the the angel and we had a um another experience where a young lady who uh was in housekeeping had come to my room shortly after he he my husband coded and she came in to comfort me <clears throat> that was her intent but i i started talking to her about some of the things that i knew that she was doing and i told her that my husband was in much better shape than she was because he had his his security, if you will, his his life insurance and his life assurance. He knew where he would go if he should pass, mm-hmm. but then I made sure that I let her know, but this is not his time to pass. 
and I, I introduced her to, to Jesus, and this young lady would just curse you up one side and down the other. She was a force to reckon with. But even the times that we went back to UAB, we had nothing but good reports concerning her change. But she came into the room one day when they had moved us to another side, and she was just bawling, just crying. Her brother had um, had an accident. He was on his motorcycle, failed to see a, a vehicle, a truck, stopped in front of him, and he was going about 55, 60 miles an hour, mm. and he hit it. Um, they brought him to UAB also. Uh, he wasn't expected to live. He had a lot of internal problems. His legs were broke. It was just, he was really, really messed up. And my husband at this time had had the, the um, open heart surgery and had been brought back to our room. And he was laying there in a lot of pain and really weak, and he called her over to his bedside, and he said, if you will listen to me and if you will do what I tell you to do, your brother will live. And he sent me... Uh, to the, I don't remember which intensive care unit he was in, but he was in an intensive care unit. So I went with her, laid hands on him, and just spoke God's word over him for a speedy recover, uh, recovery and healing. And he only was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And, and they reported that on his way home, that he and the young lady that he was living with gave their lives to the Lord. When he got home, he started seeing angels, an angel walking around in the house. But he had never had an experience like that before, and he it, it frightened him. He wasn't scared of it, but he was mm-hmm. scared to tell somebody because he feared that they're just going to think that I'm crazy, and sometimes people do. They think you're on drugs or something when you say that you see into the spirit realm. But his three-year-old son saw it and was talking to his father about it, and that gave, then he told everybody, and they told me, and he, of course, was attributing everything to his new experience um, in the Lord. But my um, visitation was the highest visitation that one can have. It was not an angel. It was actually Jesus himself, and it was as a result of an experience that I was having with, with uh, demons. Um, in my bedroom, we were in Augsburg, Germany, and I woke up one morning and I could I could not move. I heard these voices. Mm-hmm. It sounded like it was about eight, eight or so entities at the head of my bed, to the side of my bed. They were not very tall. I could tell from the range of the voices that they were about uh, maybe three feet tall, but I could hear them. And they were laughing at me, and that was what got my attention. I thought, wow, they, they're laughing at me, and they're tormenting me. And then there was this, this hand um, that it was as if when a person, a husband and wife, say, are in the bed, and, and perhaps the husband will lay his arm over his wife, and it just kind of hangs over. Well, there was this arm. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't say anything. I was trying to say Jesus, but it wouldn't It wouldn't come out because I'll, I'll my mouth Pastor, was like the, it had paralyzed me. Pastor, we're going to do a little bit of a cliffhanger here. We have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Okay. Please stand by. Thank you very much for joining us, Pastor. Exonation Pastor Patrick Elizabeth Sims is my special guest this hour. She is with Mana Ministries. 
www.mannaministries.com and that's M-A-N-N-A-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot net. We're talking about angels, miracles, and much more. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7. What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there, sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Virginia is for eaters and drinkers. All kinds of eaters and drinkers. For oyster shuckers and slurpers. Winery samplers or all-day wine drinkers. Brewery hoppers and distillery sippers. For those who order grits and those who order cheese grits. We all know what the right way to order is. For barbecue triers who turn into finger lickers and meat off the bone suckers. All right, all this talk of food is making me hungry. I gotta go get some mac and cheese. Like I was saying, Virginia is for all sorts of food lovers. So come love it for yourself. Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you gotta know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the do. 7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Welcome back, Exxon Nation. Just imagine this. You're you're over in Germany. You're laying in bed. You think it's about 8 o'clock in the morning. You hear these voices. Yes. The, this, and... this arm is over you, Pastor. And yes. and take it from there, Pastor. Okay. And it was like a um, yellowish uh, arm. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't feel like anything, laying, any presence or person laying on my body, but the arm was just hanging there over my left shoulder, and my face, my, um, it felt like it was trying to rip half of my face off, because the fingers dug into my left eye, up my left nostril, and on the left side of my mouth, and it was just, it was a horrible, 
or ordeal. And even though I knew that I have power, Scripture says, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of Satan, I was so uh, horrified that I was not in faith. I wasn't thinking about that. I, even though I would say Scriptures in my mind, I didn't have the faith for it because I was just so overwhelmed by these happening, happening. But prior to the the demons talking, this time they didn't they didn't manifest, but they were there. The voices were audible, uh, a language that I had never heard before. But my room, my bedroom, had filled with a mist, uh, like a cloud, mm. and there were voices. I could hear voices like coming out of the wall. Um, there was a lion's head that just popped out of the wall, and and I heard my husband's voice, but it was an impersonation because my husband was at work. He was in the military, and he was at work, so I knew, I knew that it wasn't him, and plus, it was foul. Everything that this voice was saying was very, very foul, and, um, you know, I knew that it was supernatural. Like I said, it was it was horrible, horrific, but in the midst of all of this, and my fear, me being overcome by the fear, I felt my room shake like an earthquake hit it. And it just shook for several seconds. And then I heard this voice, this audible voice. And the voice was like like Daniel spoke about in the Old Testament, uh, a voice. It was like the voice of many, many waters. And it seemed to me, it's, it's hard to describe, but it seemed like the voice came from everywhere all at once. Stood at the foot of my bed, mm-hmm. it, it, and I knew that it was Jesus it wasn't just an angel because of what he said and the way that he said it. Because I, and I keep reiterating this, I was just terrified. And all he said was, behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I knew that I had read that in uh, Matthew 28 and 20, and that's all that he said to me. He stood there for a few seconds, and then he just left. I be, and at that point, of course, I could move, I could talk, I could do everything. Because when he spoke, I felt the demons just leave. I felt them, I could feel them turn their attention to him, just like my attention was on him. And they, this time, they were the ones who were terrified, and they, they quickly, hurriedly left the room. Why do you think? And I was still crying when my husband came home for lunch with his friend. It was difficult for me to talk about it mm-hmm. and tell him about it uh, because I couldn't stop crying. And really, this is only about my sixth time since 1979 even sharing it because I realize that I'm making myself vulnerable to a degree because some people they think, well, I don't know what she was on, but uh, sounds like it was some pretty rough stuff. But you know, I've never done drugs, never done alcohol. I don't, you know, dip, slip, slip, sure. none of that. So it was actually happening, and we found out why. Why? There were, there were practicing witches in the area who knew that we were Christians, and they didn't want us there. The demons behind their belief system did not want us there, so they were try- the best they could do was to torment us in this way, because they could not really hurt us. I mean, even though uh, I've had a demon get physical with me twice when we were in Augsburg, Germany, they couldn't really possess my body or do me any other harm. It was so, they were so intense, though, that 
my two-year-old baby at the time asleep in her room had was had started having demonic experiences, and you know she never heard us talk about it. She didn't know anything about it, but one morning she came into the room like she did every morning uh, to eat. Mama, get up, let's eat. And she said, this morning she she came to my bed and she said, Mama, a man was in my bed with me. And I looked at her and I said, well, what did he do? She said, he just lay there. And I said, what did you do? She said, I just looked at him. But from that point on, for it was several months before we could get her to sleep in the bed by herself. It was just one manifestation after the other, and it wasn't just with me. It was some of, with some of the other members in our churches, <clears throat> excuse me, members in our church that were having visitations and manifestations too, and for the same reason. It even, they even went so far to put voodoo dolls on the church steps we came out one, one day in the past that found voodoo dolls. But I, I've actually met two practicing witches that joined our church when we had a church here in Lawton in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And one of them, well, actually both of them told us that it works. The witchcraft will work on people, but if that person is truly born again, that it always returned to them. So I know that everything that they were trying to do, that there was really no enchantment against us because I knew at that time the power in my life. Earlier instances, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that I wasn't crazy, Mm -hmm. and I knew that what was happening and what I was hearing and what I was seeing was real. I just didn't understand it. Now, can demons actually possess someone, Pastor? Yes, sir, they can. Contrary to maybe popular belief, they actually can. In fact, some of the old movies that came out years ago, like The Exorcist, yes. Exorcist, it's not um, it's not far from what's really real. And I've had several of my own experiences, and my husband and I together. But um, I remember once again when we were in Germany. This is one incident. We were having choir rehearsal, and a man walked in off the street. I will never forget his name. It was Joe Green. No one there had ever seen him, but we were excited. He was coming in, but once he came in, nothing went right. Uh, rehearsals, it, nobody could hit the right notes, and it was just disturbing. So our leaders, her husband and wife team, uh, the camp, said, I, I want everybody, go back to your seats, and mm-hmm. we're just going to pray because I don't really know we don't know what's wrong, what's happening. This hasn't happened before. And so we stood up and we began to, to sing and just praise God. And and the young man was behind me. He was the only one on that pew. And he started getting just really, really loud. And I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe he's a believer. But then his loudness started getting really, really strange. It wasn't just hands uplifted, praising sure. God, thanking him for his goodness. It was just, it was uh, weird. Um, so he fell out, knocked the pews back, the pew that he was on, knocked that pew back, and the one that we were on jolted it. He fell out on the floor on his back and began to wiggle like a snake moved. His body moved with all ease as if it was a snake 
itself. And this is what I witnessed with my eyes. So the camps and another brother, I remember his name was Ware, with four of us who were ministers who knew and understood what was going on. We knew that this guy was demon-possessed. He, his voice, there was a guttural voice that sounded as if even it was coming out of the pit of his stomach. And I remember Brother Kemp saying, commanding the demons to come out of him, and that this voice just shouted a long, no, I'm not, I'm not coming out, he's mine, we own him. And his eyes, his eyes changed colors. There was a green gook that was coming out of his mouth and nose. Right. But we stood there and we told the demons that they had no choice. We were commanding them to come out and that they had to come out. And it was, I don't know, now maybe 15 to 20 minutes that they finally delivered him. But they jerked his body around as if to abuse him because they were mad that they had been found out and that they had to come out. And when he was free, he, I saw him shut his eyes, blink his eyes. When he got up, his eyes were the normal colors. He didn't say anything to anybody. He just walked mm. from the pew uh, area to the front of the church and got on his knees with his hands uplifted. And he said, he just kept saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. And that's just one incident. We, there are several. Pastor, what kind of? How do you protect yourself when you're doing an exorcism? Uh, because is it is it is there a possibility that the demon may leave the host and enter one of the people who were assisting in the exorcism? That can happen if that person is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Um, excuse me. Um, and if they don't know what the Word of God says, so yeah, it doesn't need to be. Um, a novice mm-hmm. trying to do what he's heard or what he's seen somebody else do because that demon could actually enter into him and cause some serious problems to him. Um, so, yes, you need to know, but I, I stay covered. I stay covered with the, with the Word of God. Prayer is a constant in my life. Um, I even say, I plead the blood of Jesus over me, because I, I remember how when the children of Israel were in um, in exile, and they put the blood over the doorpost as protection. Well, even though we're not under the law, but what Jesus did, that was a foreshadow of what Jesus actually did. His blood covers us and protects us when we are truly under his shadow, and I did that. I, I did that when... I was 17. We were always religious. Mm-hmm. I was brought up religious, but at 17, I actually committed my life to the Lord. And that first, my first exorcism happened at 19 years old because then I, I understood the Bible. Because before, it's like I read it and it was still Greek to me. But once I said, Lord, I commit my life to you, I want you to live your life in me. Um, it was as if a neon light was flashing, and I understood things more clearly. My gosh, uh, Pastor, you certainly have had a life full. Uh, how is how is the how is the bishop doing now, ma'am? The bishop is getting stronger every day. 
he's the most determined man I have ever seen in my life. And anybody who sees him or around him will tell you the same thing. They call him the Iron Man, uh, Superman. He just... I know, I know he's my husband, and and yeah, I love him dearly, and he loves me dearly, and I could, you know, sound prejudiced, but I've had people ask me, um, does he still change the atmosphere in a room when he walks into it? And the answer to that is yes, he does. He's one of the most motivational people I have ever seen in my life. He is so so determined, and anything that he put his mind on, his heart in, he does it in the name of the Lord. In fact, my husband, with what he deals with right now, every day, he could check out any day and just go on to be with Jesus, and there's been several times in the last couple of weeks that it would look like that he would, that he would tell me, don't worry, baby, I still have some things that I have to finish. Uh, there are people who are depending on me. I'm not ready to go yet. I'm not afraid to go. I could go because he's had mm-hmm. uh, two or three out-of-body experiences. Uh, he uh, was actually called up into the heavenlies. It's a, it's an, it was awesome just hearing about it. But he is just, he's my hero. He's my hero. Pastor, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Please, as I said, give my very best to the bishop and let him know that he's in our prayers. Thank you so much, Rob. We really appreciate you for that. Stand by, Pastor. Exonation, our special guest this hour is Pastor Patrick Elizabeth Sims. And Pastor Sims is with the Mana Ministries. The website is www.manaministries.net. That's M A N N A. M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot net. The good pastor and I return on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Our guest this hour is Pastor 
Patrick Elizabeth Sims. And uh, the pastor is with Mana Ministries. Their website is www.manaministries.net, and they're located in Lawton, Oklahoma. First of all, Pastor, thank you very much for sharing your time and and your your experiences with us here in the Exona and around the world to our listeners. Um, I understand, Pastor, you have a new book coming out in 2011 entitled Eyewitness. Can you tell us what it's about, ma'am? It's, it has a lot to do with some of the things that we've been talking about here today, witnessing, being an eyewitness to the miracle of mm-hmm. my husband, who is really a continuous miracle. Um, my son, I had a dream, and my husband had a dream. Uh, someone had a gun pointed to my son's head and pulled the trigger, and I, he called, and I wanted to warn him to be aware and, but it had already happened, and we had been praying for him. My husband was called out in the in the night to um, to pray for him, and mm-hmm. when we shared that with him, he said it already happened. He had witnessed someone get killed, oh, and they had actually put the gun to his head, pulled the trigger three times, and it didn't go off until they removed it from his head. Um, it, it's is several um, testimonies and the miracles and divine interventions that have taken place with my life, my um, immediate family, mm-hmm. my husband, my children, myself, my father, my mother, because uh, people wonder, many people wonder, do miracles still happen today? And uh, absolutely, because I've been experiencing them for the last 34 years. Miracles are, are a constant in my life. Once again, Pastor, thank you very much for joining us. A great pleasure talking to you. And I do hope that one day in the future, you and I will have the opportunity of meeting once again here in the X-Zone. I would love to, Rob. Thank you so much. Take care, Pastor. Blessings to you and your family. You have a blessed evening. Thank, thank you very you. much, ma'am. Exo Nation, our guest this hour has been Pastor Patrick Elizabeth Sims, and uh, she is with net. They're located in Lawton, Oklahoma. And if you'd like to drop a note to the pastor, P.O. Box 3605, that's Post Office Box 3605, Lawton, Oklahoma, 73502. You can also visit the uh, the pastor online, www.manaministries.com. That's M-A-N-N-A-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S. Net. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Don't go away. Frontier Festival is back and brimming with new flavor. From May 26th through June 19th, this Old West-inspired street fest will fill Cedar Point with live bands, nightly hoedowns, and a hubbub of family activities. Yup, you'll find wheelbarrows packed with sunflowers and characters straight out of the frontier. But you'll also discover 25 cherry-inspired dishes and over 65 cocktails, seltzers, and beers. Get all the fixins plus savings to boot with the Frontier Festival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and a tasting card. Only at cedarpoint.com. 